0: Great Khan, now, now the first has fallen, join me, and join me in celebration of your triumph.
1: The Sixth World. Magic is real. Shamans call forth spirits and spells with the power of their will. Riggers command entire drone squads to take down their enemies or protect their teammates. Technomancers and Deckers pull down the walls of information security, dividing the masses from the truth. Unfortunately, we can't do any of that. In this world of sorcery and high technology, we take a different path. We are brawlers, shooters, hunters, kenjutsu and mercenaries. Each of us has a code, whether it's keep your word, Protect the weak, or always get paid. We live by it, and woe to those who would ask us to betray it. We are the Razor Kids, the weapons specialists, and the cyber thugs. We are street samurai. Welcome to Move by Wire. Will oh, I? hi and welcome to Move By Wire, broadcasting on Radio Free Detroit. I am your host, the lucky lop ear, Usagi. Today's episode is brought to you by the greatest comic in the sixth world, Gun Hands Man. He's got gun hands, man. We have a very special episode uh, lined up for you today. We are interviewing a fellow street samurai, a veteran of the golden age of shadow running, the 2050s. He is not only a competent combatant; he is a talented chef. Please welcome to Move by Wire, Gardamange. Howdy, you Manje.
0: Hoi, Usagi. Thanks for having me on. You and the uh, rest of the Radio Free crew are—you're doing some good work. Uh, sounds like the 50s sometimes.
1: We like to think we capture some of that spirit. Uh, neo-anarchism never dies, it just moves into a new uh, apartment in the barracks. I gotta tell you about Opti's apartment sometime, but that's not <laughs> why you had me here. Maybe, maybe if we have time to get through it. Um, so, the reason I put Move by Wire together, uh, with Ziggy's encouragement, you, you mentioned Opti, I heard the broadcasts of the Neo-Anarchist podcast, and I was just taken away. I'm like, we can talk about this? (laughs) But pirate radio has been around in some form or another, whether broadcasting over the Matrix or old-school radio waves, for nearly 200 years at this point. It it dated back to the American uh, Civil War, almost. uh, The first one. (laughs) And I felt, well, I have things to share, and... A lot of times I run into fellow Street Samurai and they're asking me, hey, how does one get started doing this? Hey, uh, what do you think of this wear versus that wear? Or do you uh, you want to come out and shoot the guns with me? And I'm just like, why don't we have this resource? I, a lot of it's very common sense. I mean, I, you'd agree. A lot of what we do is fairly, I wouldn't say standardized, but translatable. We can teach each other and share each other. So that's why... I put this show together to get these perspectives, but I'm not exactly a veteran. I I mean, I'm a a little older than some of the newest uh, kids hitting the streets, but the furthest back I remember was uh, the Dunkle's On For President uh, campaign spots. I I remember watching them on the trip. That's only as far back as I go, but you were already running at that time. So that's why I wanted to invite you. You've, You've been there, you've been there longer than I have. And I thought you would have some interesting an insight to share with us.
0: Yeah, I've made it 30 some odd years in the shadows, even even though I took a little time off. And, all right, I'll be honest. I bought in for a little while after Crash 2.0. I had a cushy job with a corp. Something maybe will come up later, but I almost didn't make it this long and almost didn't make it as long as, as most of these kids these days. And that's, that's part of where... Who I am came from. I mean, I, it was luck I became a, a street Sam. Uh, I, I'd been booted out of my cushy, sin based job. Uh, there's a frag up. I was a chef. We know this. There was a Corp V, had an allergy that we didn't know about, didn't research. And so the peanut oil was my fault. I had somewhere, had grown up in a rougher part of Chicago before moving out to Seattle. I could do some jobs, get some more new, new in, and kind of fell into bodyguarding street samurai work. And then I fragged up, and I almost died. My decker almost died. I had to start taking it serious. And when you have to protect your runners, like you protect your brigade, like you protect your block, I learned what I could to keep them safe. And so what you're doing, passing on this next generation, is, is what we do in this community. We're
1: alone but we're not and uh, that's that's got to be what you carry absolutely I. and just to put you at ease um, I meant I addressed this in the Q&A episode that came up you're not alone in having worked with a <laughs> work with a corp um, Usagi the lucky hair was a corp high threat response team marksman I worked with uh, a corporation <laughs> I, I won't say which one um but I worked with a corporation and was raised in a corp family, and I fell into the shadows when there was a frag-up. My, um, my circumstances changed, my team came to serve me an arrest warrant with my sister's name on it, and after throwing one of them through a fish tank, I jumped out a window, thanks dad for insisting I get the muscle upgrade wear, and went running. Oh, those muscle augments come in so handy. You mentioned you had some AUGs from growing up in a rough place. What sort of augmentation have you used to make yourself more capable as a street sound?
0: I mean, in the 50s, it was was a straightforward set of questions. Wired flex is a smart link. Uh, You know, you've seen a couple of the pictures of me, I'm sure, that make it out no matter how hard I try, old school clunky cyber eyes and the cyber arm. That's what you needed. See better, shoot better, move faster, stay alive, and, and BioWare hit, and that was, phew, that was a big, big
1: change. Uh, we actually have a question about that. Ziggy sent one in by Matrix Mail. He asks, what was it like when BioWare was the hot new thing? Because as you said, the the famous Street Sam runners of the past all looked like something out of a transhumanist vid from the uh, flat screen days. They were, you know, covered in robot equipment and looked like something different that you could tell this is a person who has made themselves dangerous? What was it like when Bioware came in and it's... Wait, it's all under the hood. I mean, it's
0: it's hard to tell you how much it meant that you could fit more in and feel the same. It's hard to tell you... Until you've been there, it's hard to explain how you can go from being pretty obvious with with those old-school eyes, which I kept up through, like, 2066, because I'm stubborn, to being able to have the same power, the same enhancement, the same ability and hide it. It, it. it happened, the world felt dangerous and new because it happened at the same time adepts really showed up. Just huge, huge explosion of them in, in like 52, 53, the same time BioWare came online and suddenly, suddenly you couldn't figure out who the heavy was just by whether they were heavy. <laughs> And it it was exciting. And I've I've got a fair bit of bio now myself, just as the years go by and things get better. And it's, um, I got to admit, I like this arm a lot better than the old one.
1: The hair is only five foot four. (laughs) And people routinely um, underestimate my capability. Everything I have except for the data jack and uh, its attendant um, smart link system is Bioware. None of that is visible and it makes things very interesting for Usagi's style. It's influenced how I do my runs. Uh, As I mentioned in the first episode, we bluffed our way through that one and it was... I would not have been able to pull that off quite the same way. That's part of the value of Bioware and what it it, uh, gives. The concealing. Concealing your strength until you need it. You have more option of how you use it. You're not pigeonholed.
0: Well, I think that goes back to the other thing that differentiates a street Sam from a soldier or from a mercenary. I mean, some of the same skills are going to overlap. We shoot, we hit things. This is the underlying basics, but street Sam's need a little more flexibility. And it's sometimes you find it in the Bioware. Sometimes you find it it in Genetech these days. And sometimes... You're a Sam who smiles a lot and somebody lets you in the door. Exactly.
1: That does bring up the other question. Um, We're talking about options and how we approach things. There are are expectations of a Street Sam. The names don't always mean the same thing. I believe there is a bit of a difference between, say, a Razor Kid and a Street Samurai, especially now that Bioware and even Greyware are differentiating the for lack of a better term, the aesthetic of a Street Fighter, but still, Street uh, Weapon Specialist and Razor Kid are used as shorthands for a Street Samurai, especially by um, older guard who were running in the fifties when the terms were virtually synonymous. So, given that there's all these expectations of these names and of these approaches, what do you expect of if you're working with another Street Samurai? What do you expect of them? What do you what do you, what do you feel is coming to the table just by knowing a, someone who says, I am a street samurai, is with you?
0: <sighs> Honesty. If you're a Sam, like you said, there are a lot of things you can and can't do, a lot of variations. If you tell me you're wired flat up and can shoot the wings off a bat, I believe you. You tell me you're a heavy who can handle a valiant and also get the back, I believe you. You call yourself a Sam, I need to know that you can shoot, you're able to fight, you better be able to cover your team's back the rest of it's all icing there's a teamwork aspect we're not usually loners but that goes into that honesty and that's i think sam's are probably the most honest of all of the types you kind of see running around the shadows
1: while we do have options in how we apply our ability everything about a street samurai comes down to our ability to apply violence whether that's the implication that we'll apply it if you don't do what we say, and therefore we're going to do this peacefully because you don't want me to pull your fingers out one at a time and see if I can keep the bones intact. Or actually having to throw down and fistfight a troll who's out of his mind on kamikaze.
0: Yeah, and that's... I've done that once. I've done that once. It was not fun. (laughs) You may be a better man than I, Sagi, But yeah, when to apply violence? When not to? Those are the two biggest questions we have. And so every problem isn't a nail, even if
1: every tool we have is a hammer. Correct, exactly. And whereas a face, to use the street term, a face will have a much more nebulous set of responsibilities. Can they calm down your fixer? Can they keep the team working together? Can they convince the Johnson to give us more new yen this week? Can they convince Mrs. Smith to give us any new yen this week? can (laughs) there's a very specific expectation and ours does come down to violence and and that is so much more limited than these other options which is i I think that's part of why so many street sams sort of double dip as it were i've known many a sam who's an extremely competent weapons mechanic because we have to keep our guns fit so hey why don't we keep the team's weapons fit we we have to really work to make ourselves useful to the team in ways that are not on a run (laughs) well and
0: that's that mechanic side is something you see a lot of with samurai you know we take pride in our weapons we take pride in what we do because you know the way i see it there's a lot that goes into protecting people and you make sure the gun works you make sure the sword is sharp you make sure the armor is patched i never got into it like some of the other sams and riggers i know that that would just dive in and, and do modifications that just make my head swim i'm I was kind of, kind of a little bit of a face. I knew a lot of people, could make a lot of phone calls, and talk my way through some situations. But uh, it's, it's that balance you got to find, and I think that also goes into the problem of carrying around all this wear or bio or cyber. It's you lose touch. I can feel in, in this arm, but I can't feel, and I, I know it. You know, I went in to protect people. I, I. I took it all to heart to protect my friends, but the deeper down the rabbit hole you go, the less you can see them as friends. You get angry when you shouldn't. You kind of forget that they're funny. Uh, It's a weird distance. And you got to figure out how to deal with that, and and for me, I mean, I always could try to escape. Uh, An extra drink or two I came out of a fast-paced life, Uh, a lot of hurl, a lot of stuff there to kind of try to escape it, and and just taking that chance, Mm -hmm. trying to spend that energy, not to remember, seemed to help. A toxin filter seems to help my body, but the other thing I had to do was keep touch with people, with friends. Yeah, I I know you're going to hear a lot of people talk about how dangerous it is to have a trail, to have connections. But i'm not a robot Yeah, you know, people like opti and smiles they, they're the types who ground you bring you back when you start thinking you're not part of what's going on around you people like you meet like you like ziggy that add something to that world you got to have those connections and and for me that's where i kind of fell into that exactly. you know, double dip i, I, you call
1: I can it. definitely track with that and That actually touches on um, two points I had at the moment. Um, Another of our fans, Orlando Blanco, sent in an interesting question. Uh, Was it hard learning to do basic maintenance of your wear, particularly cyber arms and legs? And I think that in my specific case, I think that ties in with what you were just talking about the um what what's commonly called the essence loss and that that numbing we have maintaining bioware is different than maintaining uh cyberware um we don't have to take uh mechanical approaches obviously for our bioware you and i but um i had my bioware put in when i was a child uh you know my 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 synaptic booster went in when i was six (laughs) and you know corp corp family (laughs) There you go. Jumpers don't be born into a corp family. It's if you if if you do, <laughs> well, um, I left the corp fairly early. I was 25 uh, when I left, and I didn't have the money to keep getting the upgrades, so it degraded for a bit uh, until it's pretty. It was pretty much indistinguishable from what you would get if you got used by a wear from another person. It was it was grinding on my psyche that badly i talked to a psychiatrist for a while to try and get out of the numbness the funk because i was i recognized that i was distancing from friendship the few friendships i'd made since i'd left the corporation and he said look you have to have full body surgery every time you try to upgrade or keep your muscle wear from degrading you have to have full body surgery that pain is not negligible it is literally painful and it when you have that much pain it is like a trauma that you have to carry yeah just that
0: hit me there for a minute and it's there's never a guarantee you wake up after you get get cyber done and even with bio it 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 feels different i think uh, one of the street docs called it proprioception is off. It never quite matches up again. I mean, I don't forget any day that I've got a super thyroid. I can't. I can't. I just have to keep moving. I have to keep eating. There's a, a way my body reacts that uh, it didn't used to. And it's something we've got to be aware of because we, as SAMs, are, are the ones who carry the most of it. Cyber and BioWare and carry the most likelihood of not realizing. So, yeah, you know, it goes back to what I said about being a samurai is about protecting. You watch your people for this, too. You keep an eye on them for this, yes, too. Yes,
1: and that change in proprioception or the knowledge that the next time under the laser scalpel I'm going to wake up and everything is going to hurt for a good three weeks or the ravenous appetite that all this muscle wear gives me it, in hand-to-hand, I can put out as much physical damage as an adept of relatively comparable skill. They don't have that. They have a different worldview, so that's I think that's part of the lack of connection. I just, I know, lizard brain level, that Awakening can be intense and overwhelming for some people and it is its own thing but you did not do what i did and i think that accounts for some of that numbness some of that disconnecting and that work we have to do to remember they have their stories too they have their burdens you, you do not know what another runner is carrying into the shadows with
0: them. well yeah and when you talk about that you know we talked about what you think when you've got another sam coming up with you what do you think about when you've got an adept? on a run with you what do you expect from them what are you thinking you're gonna get
1: when they're in the mix I actually the hare has not thought of this honestly if I had to give an instinctive answer I expect talent not 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 in the sense of just are they great are they but but somewhat a a distinct way of fighting that cannot come from anyone but that adept there are as many martial arts as there are martial artists there are as many styles of fighting as there are people fighting because the mind is different from every single person. So one person's osotogari leg sweep, I did practice some judo as part of my corp training. I could do the best mechanically perfect osotogari leg sweep you can imagine. And it would not approach what I have seen some judo capable adept, some adept judoka. It would not approach what they can do. There is an artistry to it instinctive right down to the core of them I can do judo they make judo if that makes sense that's what I expect that pureness of how they do things
0: I I like that you can do they can make question I never did much judo in my time but uh, time with Arnie uh, especially somebody who uses knives like I do it's a surprise so I've, I've seen what you've talked about.
1: Um, is there something you might expect from uh, different runners? Uh, the, you know, mages, shaman. You, we, we won't cover all of them. We're, uh, I do not think my fans are that in love with my voice. But uh, something that comes to mind from, say, a mage or a rigger. What might you expect? Uh, hermetics. Hermetics are weird. Uh, they're quiet in person
0: and tend to say the most cutting thing, the least time you expect it but they throw their mana around loud. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are not subtle when they start casting. Shamans, on the other hand, seem like they're more subtle with magic, but more forceful in person. It, it's, um, I don't know, maybe it's just maybe it's optics. he used to throw around a lot of those blast balls of his, and now he's kind of quieter, but they seem mellow. I don't know. Rigger's I've always gotten along well with the riggers. I've always seemed sociable, but then again, you know, i had mechanical parts for the longest time, so I was half a drone to begin with.
1: Uh, Usagi knows a rigger, uh, Tanuki, and uh, he's the ones with the most personality. Start with the face, obviously, the person who's doing the socializing, but I think the riggers come next because I have yet to meet a rigger who uses a drone out of the box. Tanuki modifies his to look like raccoon dogs. <laughs> All of them, even his car. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: almost as bad as lefty and his... Anyway. Um,
1: but, but so you, 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 They're like the uh, hot rodders of the 20th century. Uh, the, the ones who just, the moment a car came to their house, it was being changed. And the, the riggers continue this tradition. They are the hot rodders of the runner world. Things. so that's what i expect from rickers bringing personality team <laughs> <laughs> sorry tanuki <laughs> um but that uh, you mentioned something else um you you have the super thyroid um and i have my uh, various muscle wear well those that extra power that the muscles provide does not come free it comes in the form of 3,500 calories per day. So I do not lose weight. 3,500 calories a day, 2,500 a day, simply not to die. Um, And you are a chef and you have the super thyroid. So I think you can agree with the heroine. He says food is important to what we do. Uh, How you fuel what you
0: do matters. and I'm a chef, so you're going to Hear me say what you're expecting me to say is that don't eat too much stuffers, have as much real food as you can get your hands on, and I can give you all the reasons why. But at the end of the day, what's left of your body is going to feel better if you have something real. Too much stuffers is going to leave you alone. For me, it goes back to that feeling alone part, and the stuffers don't help. Connect to your food. I knew somebody who lived in Seattle who was allergic to shellfish. Yeah, she, uh, was always on edge, but yeah, gave her a connection uh, from just a from a tidbit I picked up back at the big rhino. Add little calories to what you're running around with. We've all got noodle bowls. Stir through some of that silky tofu. Get get a little bit of the soy in there and give it a little extra oomph uh, without really changing too much. And you'll probably get off uh, a better better kind of uh, balance. But you know, it's another one of those costs you don't see. And it's another cost that Sam's carry that that adepts and mages don't is, yeah, you got to figure out how to feed yourself and how to make sure it's a feed that, you know, you succeed with. Now, if anybody wants some ideas, some tips, some tricks, or maybe a couple of recipes stolen out of some uh, AAA cafeterias, let me know.
1: Uh, I got got a few, I think, are about ready to share. Oh, wow, well, you ha- you have Usagi's DNA information, so definitely uh, send some of that my way. The point you brought up about healthfulness uh, with our food—I uh, uh, will not lie—I um, spend some of my time running in the Pueblo Corporate Council around uh, 29 Palms, the old uh, uh, formerly U.S. military Marine base, and uh, currently home of the. Pueblo Corporate Council uh, Special Operations Command. They're analog to the Wildcats of the Sioux Nation, um, train in, you know, Desert Warfare. And I like to eat at at, at Freezifo, which does an excellent uh, milkshake, because often I need to get those calories very quickly and I don't have the time to sit down, so I just grab something sugary and it gets the calories into me, and I'm like, okay, now I'm not gonna die. Now I can take a vitamin supplement. Now I can, you know, do this other thing. But that leads to an issue that a lot of BioSams I'm finding, especially now that BioWare has been around, as you said, since the 2050s, this is about when we're starting to see the knock on effect of needing all those calories. Type 2 diabetes is actually fairly common among bio-SAMs who take the sugar shortcut. And again, a an unintended cost, a hidden cost of power. Nothing we do is free. Everything we do, we lose connection because we are so weared up. We get sick because we're eating poorly. I think that's one of the core elements of what we are, we sacrifice what we are and our health. We burn the candle at both ends so our team can get through the run.
0: And I think you hit on one of the things that always made a Street Samurai Street Samurai to me. It's not just when you've been left behind by the rest of the sixth world, and it's not just having the chrome or the bio and, and the will to fight. It's that in making the world a little better, you protect your pack at the same time, and it's always got to come back.
1: It, exactly protecting that pack. Um, there are street samurai who are a bit more of the loner archetype and you don't see them last long for all the uh for all the tropes of the i do what's necessary to survive so i'm always the one to come home i i don't see that in practice i we are we cannot operate without the support of a team the way some others might be able to
0: i think that if any lesson if i can leave you any lesson for somebody who's been around for 30 some odd years in the shadows don't underestimate how much your friends bring to the table for you as a person or for the team sometimes honestly <laughs> let the decker make the phone call make the face sit down <laughs> just don't forget you're not in this alone and what got me into the shadows was we didn't do enough legwork so always let the people who can make the phone call make the very, phone call very true
1: Well, I believe that makes for a solid conversation and a good episode. We would love to have you back in the future, possibly for a uh, multi-person roundtable discussion. There was the excellent roundtable discussion that um, Ziggy moderated a few months back where uh, he discussed with some of the excellent lady runners and what their unique challenges as women were. So fans, be sure to check that out. However, before we go, I do have one quick question for you, Gardemanger. To you, in the quickest sense, we talked about what we expect of a street samurai and our terms, but if you had to phrase it in one sense, what is a street samurai?
0: A street samurai is someone who, when the world pushes them down, stands up with the chrome, the will, and the heart to
1: fight for the world and for someone else so that they get home at night. And there you have it. Everyone, this has been our guest, Gardemanger, a legend from the 2050s and a truly first rate chef. I have been your host, Usagi. Stay lucky, Minasan.
0: Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of all names, logos, artworks, et al., and all Shadowrun things. They have given permission for Radio Free Detroit to use such names, logos, artworks, marks, and all other proprietary material for promotional
1: or informational purposes on their website, but they do not endorse and are definitely not even close to affiliated with Radio Free Detroit or Ziggy in any official capacity whatsoever. Radio Free Detroit is licensed with a Creative
0: Commons Attribution Non-Commercial share alike 4.0 International License. Information is free, Shummers. Just tell them where you get it from.